And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post Hoop Collective Joint Podcast after an absolutely scintillating game four of the NBA Finals. I thought, you know, everything you would want in a finals game. And to help us discuss it, as usual, Brian Windhorst, and we are thrilled to have the head coach of the defending NBA champions. I think you still technically are defending until the very end. I think you get that title. Mr. Nick Nurse, how are you? I'm great. We're hanging on to one of the longest defending champion <laughs> uh, years in the history of defending anything, but we're, we're great. We're almost to the end though. Great to see you guys. Great. To I'd talk. like to, I'd like to point out he's also coach of the year. Zach Lowe. That's right. That's all my well, coaching coach. Of the, it just seems like well-deserved. I voted for you. Look, my Man. vote counts for more than an acknowledgement on a podcast. I voted for the guy. Forget the podcast acknowledgement. And, and, and coming out one week from today, He's an author. Can you believe he's got a memoir? Is this a memoir? Um, <laughs> so. Now listen, I've got to read this. Part coaching journey, part, you know. I know that uh, the Lakers just won, uh, basically wrapped up the NBA Finals, but I have to read this title because this title. Wait, is- can, I st- can I stop you? Yeah. It's, if, if the title does not have a pun on nurse in it, I'm not buying the book. It so read a, the title it now. Has, it has a pun on the Raptors. Okay, okay, fine. What is it? Rapture, colon, 15 teams, four countries, one NBA championship, and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere. Okay, I'll buy uh, it. That's, that's a title. That's a title. Congrats, Coach. Okay, let's talk also, about the game. Let's right. talk about the also, game. All right, fine. He also got a contract extension. That's all. We, all, we all know this. Fine. Enough Nick Nurse stuff. All, okay? right, all right. All uh, right. The game was awesome. It's everything I love about a finals game. Super competitive. Um, swings, near swings. Teams making huge adjustments with their personnel, both going into the game and at halftime uh, with Marquise Morris starting. Teams digging deep into the playbook and then putting counters on top of where they, where they had the playbook. And I just – I'll lead with two things, Lindy, and I'll throw to you. LeBron and AD had 16 combined at the half. LeBron looked sloppy at eight points and five turnovers. They combined for 50 for the game, 34 in the second half. Um, Both of them were outstanding. AD with the dagger. LeBron made a play we can talk about halfway through the fourth quarter that I just wrote in my notes. Holy LeBron. And you can beep that if you want, but that's what I wrote. It was the F word for the record. Uh, And second, a little poetry, Wendy. Um, I think on the very first game of the season – Lakers Clippers, we did a reaction podcast after the game. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had zero points in that game. And we kind of said, this is one of those guys that's going to get beat up a lot when he doesn't perform. Rondo didn't even play that game. KCP, 15 points, five assists. They don't win the game without him. And Rondo down the stretch, a big bucket in orchestrating their offense when LeBron was gassed. I, I just thought, you know, it's a – it's. If the finals ends in game five, it's shorter than I want in a series. But that's that game four is exactly what I want in a finals game. Wendy, what, what's your what's your big first big picture takeaway? Well, uh, Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler had a good game. He didn't have a transcendent game. I'm looking for our uh, our stats on uh, on on what Butler was against AD. He struggled. He had only guarded him five plays uh, total in the first three games. Um, and so obviously tonight that was the big adjustment. He basically had to go up against LeBron and AD pretty much most of the game. 
He made his first five shots. He finished eight of 17. A good game, but he need, they need a transcendent game from him to win. And, and the Heat just didn't have the offensive firepower. And then, you know, look, two games ago, it was neck and neck for, um, for MVP. Uh, LeBron, uh, his second half, his, his game three, even though it was a loss, he, he carried him. And then this second half tonight, 20 points, also 12 rebounds, eight assists. And he has five, five turnovers in the first half, only one in the second half. It probably ranks as probably the 29th best finals game for LeBron, 22nd best finals game. But it was what they got to, to go up 3-1. Um, Coach, thanks uh, for staying up late with us. What, did you, uh, what was your takeaway? Well, I, I, I hear what Zach saying. That was a great game. I, I kind of kept saying here, this is the Heat are going to pull this out at the end. They, they may ne- never take the lead until right at the end because it, it was kind of Lakers up six, back to one, Lakers up seven, back to, back to a two-point game. Lakers, you know, they kept trying to get away, and the Heat kept making incredible shots to stay in it, and I thought it was setting up for them to steal you know, maybe steal one at the end, but then obviously just too much, too much LeBron. He was awesome, uh, as you guys witnessed there in the second half, just doing everything, controlling uh, the pace of the of the game and controlling the half court sets. And and when he stopped turning it over, that made it that made it tough. But uh, KCP was awesome, wasn't he? Man, I was thinking, didn't that guy score? 20 points a game at one time in his life. That's the guy he looked like uh, tonight. He was he was a big difference in the game, too, I thought. Played confident. He, he had, you know, Butler has a corner three with – I don't – I lost track of time. Some time in crunch time that would have given the Heat a one-point Yeah, lead. like a, about two, 230, give or take, I want to say. LeBron stayed back. LeBron should have stepped up to guard it, and he didn't. He stayed back on it and gave Butler the wide-open corner three. That one. And, and I believe the Heat – and, again, we're doing this right after the buzzer. I haven't gone back and watched it, but I believe the Heat had one too many guys. or They went hard after the offensive board. And the Lakers got a four-on-three run out, and KCP made a corner three. And then he has that drive past Duncan Robinson um, late in the game. I just thought, you know, I just thought defensively both teams played at an incredible high level. And coach, you you saw that you saw down the stretch, Miami is doing everything they can to try to get Duncan Robinson open. You know, pick and roll into pin down, pick and roll into double pin down, using Jimmy as a screener because he's a really good roller, using Bam as a screener. And like the level of desperate, you can talk about how hard those actions are to defend, but the level of desperation by the Lakers to cover him, to cover the roll, to rotate back out the shooters, it was, their defense was outstanding the whole game. I agree with you. They were, they were, I thought, just what you said, Miami was executing those things. They were, they were, Working hard, setting guys up. They were changing speed, changing pace, V cutting hard, pushing off to try to get some separation. And the Lakers just wouldn't give it to them. They re- they really wouldn't. It was even, even. Listen, Miami hit some incredibly hard shots. Some of the you know banked in a couple tough banked ones. in three and high arcers that that <laughs> that were there that had to have all that arc on them to get over outstretched arms, and they went in so. Um, you're right. I thought you're right. The Lakers defense was great, man, especially down the street. Yeah, Tyler Hero can't make a normal shot. It has to be a ceiling scraper or like a weird reverse layup. Like a normal shot just isn't good enough. Wendy, you wrote a great piece on Tyler Hero today. Um, you know, I don't where, what else do you want to talk about, Wendy? I'll give you I'll give you the floor. Well, just KCP. Okay, I've got this um 
I've got this belief that I've developed over my time covering the league, which is 17 years now. Um, I think uh, Nick was in Belgium or something when I first started covering the league. Um, when you win a championship, it means never having to say you're sorry. I don't care what happened. It's so damn hard to win it. And, um, and uh, I, I think I probably told this to Nick last summer and I didn't need to tell him, but I tell this to people that I know who win championships for the first time, because I've been around teams when they, when they won and they didn't celebrate it enough. They didn't um, understand and appreciate it enough. It's so fleeting and so hard. So I have this belief that when you win a championship, it means never having to say you're sorry. And KCP has made $38 million from the Lakers over the last three years. That has been a bone of contention for Laker fans throughout that time. People have thought he's been overpaid. He's underperformed. Um, people have you know, said that he only got the contracts because of the clutch sports relationship, uh, all these kinds of things. After this performance, I'm dead serious when I say this. It's retired. It's retired. It was all worth it for this performance. Um, just like everything that the Raptors did last year with Kawhi, it was all worth it because of, of that title. It's just too damn hard to win it. And so while I can sit here and tell you that, um, that Anthony Davis was plus 17 in this game, uh, a game where he was kind of a little bit absent on offense. He hit that late three, which was an exclamation point, but that put him over 20 points. He's plus 17. LeBron's minus two. And I'm not going to debate on the value of individual plus minus an individual game, but Anthony Davis played a huge game here. And LeBron had a strong game, but this was the Contavious Caldwell Pope game. Just like Jimmy Butler will, will forever have game three, it's probably not going to lead to a championship. No matter what happens from, from KCP going forward in his career, no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, he will always have game three, game four, 15 points, hitting those five points. He will be 65 years old and people will remember that. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that. And I, and I think that, this is where, even in the bubble in Orlando, this is where, um, you know, people become champions. And um, that's just how I view it. And uh, I think, you know, it, it, was a, uh, it, was a, it was a moment for him for sure. For, for, for so much of this year, I wondered who the number three guy on the Lakers was going to be. We've seen it be so many different guys. We've seen Kuzma at times. We've seen Rondo at times. Uh, we've seen Dwight Howard at times. Tonight it was Caldwell Pope's time. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coach, was there, was there an adjustment or an X's and O's thing that you noticed and you thought was important that maybe a layperson like me and Brian d didn't notice? Was there something you were monitoring as you were watching the game? No, I think I think the only thing was you're right uh, about the who was guarding Butler would would be a big you know they really wanted to keep size on him. Uh, he beat up all the all the switches with anybody that wasn't you know compatible size wise with him or that he could just kind of go over the top of or or bump and go through. 
Um, I would like to comment on Brian's last comment, though, about I'm watching these games and, and thinking about how, how damn hard it was to win it last year while I'm sitting there watching this tonight. You know, these teams just gutting it out and guarding and trying to make these tough shots. And it's really, it's really kind of sinking in on you about how, how, how dang hard it is to win it. And, um, and I tried as hard as I could to take a second bit of advice and enjoy it as much as possible. When and we, you did. You're, 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 you were on, you're on stage I just wanted to playing guitar. To you a little bit, Zach, if that's okay. Well, I, um, I, you know, I, had a, I heard a story about a young player once a few seasons ago um, who was in the playoffs for the first time. And his team won game one of a playoff series. And he, and he, um, and he pulled an assistant coach aside and he said, that's the hardest game I've ever played. You're telling me that a, some team is going to win 16 of those? To what, like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I need to go lay in an ice bath for four hours. It's the first game of the playoffs. Like, that game, and you can see it with LeBron, right? Like, LeBron had to save his energy and summon it for when it was really, really pertinent. So, so he has a couple of big offensive rebounds late where Jay Crowder's just hacking them left and right. Um, he has that the, – the holy f- play was when he got the guard screen and split the hedge and just blew up into the lane and hit an and one. And, like – and other than that, like, I, Coach, you probably breathe a sigh of relief when he settles for a deep three. He settled for a couple of deep threes, and he made a couple in the third quarter that felt like – even in the moment, they felt like oxygen for the Lakers offense. They felt like big, big shots. But, like, those are shots where you're like, it's cool, man. You take it. And they feel almost like LeBron settling and surrendering and saving his energy. But when he makes a couple of them, it just is huge. Yeah, you're right. I think um, that was one of the fascinating things about coaching Kawhi last year, you guys, was there was a couple times where – he knew like how much juice he kind of had left, and and I'd be like uh, looking down with maybe nine and a half to go in the fourth, and say, hey, you know, Kawhi, let's go. It's time to it's time to roll, and and he kind of say, hey, I need another minute and a half or something, and then I'll then I'll be good, and and you know, so there's times where he would push the the regular rotation back further on certain nights, and then he'd just bring it, man. That last six and a half would be just like holy smokes at both ends. So I think. You know, those guys do know um, kind of when they're where their tank is as far as uh, how much they have until E. Um, uh, LeBron was was obviously, uh, you know, I think when he hit that first three there, it was a big uh, sigh of relief for everybody and, and, and a big worrying point for Miami, you know, because like you said, he hit, starts hitting a few of those, man, and then you are, you are in trouble because you're going to see everything. And, and speaking of oxygen, you could tell – the Heat have done an unbelievable job in the series keeping the Lakers out of transition. Like, the best that any team has done all year. They have not turned the ball over a lot. They have not had a bunch of live ball turnovers. They had a couple tonight, like that Danny Green poke away from behind where he had the slowest developing one-on-zero dunk in NBA Finals history, your old friend Danny Green. And the Lakers were pushing the pace, trying to get out after rebounds, just trying to, like, can we manufacture some buckets? Because the Heat defense – look – it's tempting when it's 3-1 to talk about what it means and the championship and the legacy. Like, the Heat have already proven 
They were down 2-0. Everybody started talking about that. And they said, I mean, Spo literally said, we don't give a what anyone thinks. Like, they're not coming out tomorrow. Like, they're discouraged or, or whatever the game is. They're, they're discouraged, but they're going to make the Lakers earn this. And the Lakers had to re- dig really, really deep to earn it. Uh, Wendy, unless you have something to add on to that, I was curious how you thought Bam looked. But go, go ahead and talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Lakers are just really, really good. They have, they have impressed me. In all honesty, they've impressed me since October. I know that they've had moments where they've looked shaky. I did not think this was a championship team. I thought it was a contender. Um, and um, they, they've just, they just have proven that that's not true. They, they're, they're, they're just really, really good. They defend well. They help each other. Um, LeBron and, and AD, I mean, like, listen, man, we're, we're hopefully going to have Chris Bosh on on Friday. We'll, we'll see if it all works. We'll see if it all works out. But I spent, I spent so much time talking to Bosch about how hard it is to learn to play with LeBron and, and just the difficulty. And I know that three is different than two, but the way that these guys worked and played together. And look, they are in these playoffs. You know, they're 15 and four. 15 and four. And, and, and they played good teams. Denver's a good team. Portland was a good team. You know, I, I know Dame got banged up and the, the, that series got, kind of got away at the end. Um, you know, Houston gave people problems. You know, Houston was a weird, was a, was a weird matchup. Um, they beat good teams. They're, they're 15 and four. And, and I, I just want to say, like, I have a lot of respect for Miami, even without Dragic. I think they're playing at a really high level. I think that they would be in other years, they would be right there. It would be 2-2 or, you know, depending on how things would go. Well, and, and we need to mention Dragic. We should have mentioned him earlier because, you know, you put AD on Jimmy. And you don't shut off the water, but, boy, it was hard for Jimmy to get anything going late in the game. Really hard. And then what they have left after that is all the fun, you know, worrying offense stuff for Hero and Robinson and the Lakers – defended that at an incredibly high level. And what you forget is the other tent pole of their offense is Dragic in the pick and roll without a bio. And, and, and they didn't have that. Um, coach, I'm curious just as, as one of the, if not the foremost practitioner of zones in the NBA, you know, you got your, you got, you got all sorts of shapes and numbers in your zones. I can't even keep track of them. I think Spo sensed, I, mean, I haven't talked to him. I'm not in the bubble after game two that they're kind of hitting us first in our zone. Like we are the recipients of them dictating terms. They know where our soft spots are and we're reacting to them and they got out of it. I'm wondering like your zones are are different and more varied, I think, but have you felt that in a game where like a team is not necessarily figured it out, but we're on our heels a little bit because your zone is, is, I think designed to be an aggressive predatory. We're going to dictate, but have you had to come out of it when you felt sort of dictated to yeah, I, th- I think for sure, um, Zach, I, I think I've, I've had to move either out of it or change alignment really quickly uh, certain times. You know, you, sometimes you come down and they're just like making one pass and they're right at the rim and you're, you're just in a wrong alignment. Let's say you're starting a 3-2 and, they, and, and, uh, and you flip that to a 2-3 and now you got the rim protected a little better just at the start of it. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, you know a lot of ours too. We did a lot of stuff where we're trying to really keep the ball out of certain guys' hands with the box and one or the triangle and two, and we're pretty much ready to live with anything outside of that. Um, so 
you know, we do get dictated to a little bit too, but we like to do, we like to make sure it's not with the main scorers, you know. Which is why if you're the Heat, you know, they're, they're probably miserable right now, but if, if you're going to go down and it's Caldwell Pope who hits the shots, you know, they, they played AD at least defensively to a manageable number tonight. They, 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 they packed the paint and they forced those guys yeah. to make plays. Yeah, and they just – it didn't work. And, you know, margin for error is another thing I talk about. If you listen to me ever, I always talk about margin for error, margin for error, margin for error in a playoff series. The Heat's margin for error is so small. They just – they can't survive Caldwell Pope having a 15-point game. They, they can't survive Rondo playing the way he did in game one. It's just it, – it's, it's, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Um, this is what it is to be the underdog. And then you lose Dragic, it even gets narrower. But, they had they um, had a tough little stretch of the possession game too. They gave there was one little stretch there in the second half where the Lakers got a bunch of offensive rebounds in a row. You know, LeBron fired right. up three, Rondo got the rebound. LeBron fired up another three. Next time, Rondo tipped the rebound out. I mean, they were they were getting their share of extra possessions. I thought it was kind of almost giving LeBron one free look at a three before before they started uh, guarding them again. Yeah, and yeah, I, LeBron and was LeBron was fighting heat check itis. A couple of times he, <laughs> there was a couple of times where he really wanted to. Yeah, he, he pulled right. himself back. Well, to your point, Wendy, though, I thought both teams had to dig deep. Like they they tried to get the Bron AD pick and roll going. They had run three total going into the game. They ran more than that in the first half tonight. Uh, they had Caruso screening for LeBron a lot in in very funky ways, like flat screens to get him going. LeBron got post touches. We hadn't seen that much of that. And the Heat, I bet Jimmy Butler had top three for his season, most ball screens or handoffs in a game, trying to manufacture offense with him as a screener. They just dug deep. Coach, I just I, – I, not a little off topic, but you were in the bubble for a long time. I bet you've debriefed with people that you know on other teams. Um, I, don't think, I don't think LeBron's critics are going to question the legitimacy of a potential, La- potential Lakers championship. Let me make that clear. Potential Lakers championship. Um, but there will be a lot of curiosity for a long time about how hard was the bubble? How much did it mess with the psychology of some teams more than others? What was your experience both with the Raptors and your players and hearing from coaches and, and peers on other teams? Well... I think um, while we were there, Zach, I think that, you know, we, we were, we were doing everything we could to kind of be um, get out of the, get out of bed on the right side of the bed and really positive talk and everybody trying to bring energy and whatever, you know, and it seemed like, it seemed like it was okay. Right. I think, I think we were in okay. I don't think we played nearly to the way we played outside of the bubble. You know, let's let's be honest. We had a couple of our key guys not play very well, which which stopped us ultimately from playing our best. But then once I got out, kind of looking back on it, it wasn't as enjoyable as I thought I was having. <laughs> I wasn't having as, as enjoyable a time as I thought I was having. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a you had a very unfortunate. I mean, look at the end of the day, everyone's fortunate. But you had when you came back to Canada, you had to quarantine for fourteen days after having tested every day when you came back in they were like no we don't trust that you're healthy stay in your house right and so you <laughs> you you had to just sort of sit there and look at the wall for another two weeks 
I went from the Naples bubble to the Orlando bubble to the to the quarantine. Yeah, you, I forgot that you guys had the Naples thing. Really safe, guys. That's all I want to say right now. I feel really <laughs> safe as far as the COVID. Uh, um, let's let's go. Uh, I'll go to you first, Wendy, and then you, Coach. Um, there is still a game four, and like I said before, game everything five. the Heat or game five. I, I it's, it's it's late. Okay, um, uh, everything the Heat have done to this point suggests that they are not showing up for a coronation, okay, that they're going to bring adjustments and fight and all of that. Wendy, give me one thing you're going to have your eye on uh, in game five when, when the ball goes up. The Heat have yet to have a, uh, a great shooting game in this series from three-point range, and that's not pure randomness because the, the Lakers are doing a great, great job. The Lakers' game plan on Duncan Robinson – reminds me of the game plans that the Warriors put on Kyle Korver. Um, just because I was covering those series very intently, you know, Korver's effective just being taken away. Like Robinson hadn't had airspace, um, but when he has, he's missed him. Hero's been open and he's missed him. Um, Miami is an elite three-point shooting team. They, they still have it in them to have a game like the Lakers did in game one where their role players just hit a bunch of threes. I don't know. Um, but you know, tonight they didn't. They weren't able to do it because they, they didn't have the offense. They lost this game because they didn't have the offense. So that's what I will say. I will say we will all show up Friday for a coronation for LeBron for his fourth ring. Um, the Heat three point shooting could stop that from happening. We'll see if, if that. Takes. Coach, what do you got your eye on for Game Five? Put your coach's hat on either team. What what are you looking at? Well, I think they're going to have to get to a situation where they're we're setting more screens with their smaller guys to get Butler on some matchups that he can then get to the rim. Uh, he's got to be aggressive and searching out bodies. He's got to get to the free throw line. That's that's how that's how he's going to have a big game is getting getting to the free throw line a lot and getting the getting the ball at the front of the rim. Um, and I and I agree with Wendy. I think um, there's a you know. 3-1, maybe, maybe the Lakers aren't challenging those threes as hard. Maybe they're not fighting quite as hard through some of those dribble handoffs. Maybe, they're, maybe, maybe, maybe there's just a little more space and those shots look a little better so they don't have to rush them when they do, finally do get a look at one for the Heat. But, uh, heck, guys, listen, that, that, it's 3-1. That, that game could have went the other way tonight. It Easy. really could have. It could be 2-2. So I think, I think there's, a, um, there's a lot of fight left in the Miami Heat. Let me ask you one follow-up on Butler because you mentioned small guys screening for him. I mean, obviously we saw the Lakers are going to go under everything, far under everything. So even if they have a little guy screen for him, they're going to try and get under that. What do you – I'm sure you've coached players over the years that teams are treating that way. What do you tell Jimmy Butler? Do you tell him to shoot some threes? Do you, do you script some tricky stuff to get a momentum? What do you do? I mean, there's, there's – there's... A few things you can do. One is my first thing is, is he's got to believe that he can just turn that three, turn turn a little bit of the corner and take the three ball. You know, I think there's some there's some chances to shoot 33 to 35 percent on those, and then collect a few of the misses to raise that percentage up a little bit and get yourself in a high PPP points per possession scenario. Sometimes when guys are going under, you still can beat them to the other side if you blast through there quickly. You can rescreen, 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 and lower it, and he can take a long non-paint two if he wants, seventeen footer or sixteen footer, if, if he feels more comfortable with that. But um, uh, you know, I'd probably start with just shooting, shooting a few more three balls. Yeah, he, he. It's very weird because 
not to bring up a familiar name for you, but he's kind of become DeRozan-y where he just is not even looking at the basket. And like, he actually has a track record of being an okay NBA three-point shooter on like real volume, not like one attempt a game or so. It's, it's very strange how he's approached it. And it's very Jimmy Butler, right? Because he's the guy who blends in. He's the guy who doesn't force it. And you're like, it's just very strange kind of um, what's, what's, uh, what's happened to him. Anyway, we got to wrap. So I, I just, I've enjoyed watching the Heat play all year. I think they're going to bring it in game five. I think they're going to give us a game. I thought Bam looked pretty good, all things considered. And what I had heard about his condition was it would be, I didn't, I didn't necessarily wake up today thinking he was going to play. Let's put it that way. Um, and he gutted out. There's something wrong with his arm. They're not saying – I'm not saying his neck didn't keep him out, but something is wrong with his left shoulder, his left elbow, or something like that. Well, he had a dunk. It. He had a dunk in the first quarter, and he laid it up and in. And I made special note of that because you know Bam loves to dunk, and Bam loves to try to rip the rim off yeah. the basket, and he laid it in soft. Yeah, so there's, he's not himself. But I do think he – you know, it ended up not mattering, but at the start of the second quarter, Jimmy goes to the bench. They go on a 13-2 to two run. He do to take the lead. Bam made that possible. So Bam is a guy who could be a difference maker. You give him now two days off. He gets an extra three days and to recover. And, is there a football um, game Thursday or something? There's got to be some reason why we're getting two. There's days a football off. game every Thursday, Zach, and they get good ratings. Yes, <laughs> they do. All right, Wendy. It's always good to see you. We will reconvene on Friday, uh, Coach. You know, you know I love going to Toronto. It's where my in-laws live. Uh, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. I've loved watching the Raptors in person in mediocre times and in great times. And um, I can't wait, Got knock on everything, I can't wait to be at a, a regular game at the Air Canada Centre, whatever it's called. I refuse to call it the Scotia Bank Arena, the Air Canada Centre, and it's good. It's just good to see you. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Great Coach. Thanks you. Yep. Take and care. Congrats on everything, and uh, uh, we will reconvene on Friday for Game Five. Thanks, everybody. The rapture for comes out next week. <laughs> <laughs>